Welcome to Inside Aesthetics, the world's leading podcast for injectors and cosmetic businesses. I'm Dr. Jake Sloan, an aesthetic doctor based in Sydney, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend David Segal, an entrepreneur and an aesthetic business mentor. Each episode of IA showcases unfiltered conversations with guests from around the world. In a sometimes disjointed industry, IA aims to help educate and connect our global community to raise the bar for both our businesses and our patients. To further support and educate our listeners, we offer a range of additional resources under our IA Patreon subscription service. This caters for injectors and business owners of all levels and includes interactive live Zoom sessions, webinars, hints and tip videos, private chat groups and exciting future content to come. To subscribe to IA Patreon, head to www.insideaesthetics.com forward slash Patreon or click the link in our podcast description. You should seek medical advice before undergoing any treatment or procedure and these podcasts do not replace a professional and bespoke consultation. Episode 237, here we go. We're cracking on. Um, so what have we got in store for the guys today? Well, hold on, let's talk about some news, what's happening in the week, what's happening in Patreon this week. Oh, well, Patreon, <laughs> well, you released a very interesting business video with one of our colleagues from I Canada. Did. Marissa did, De- Marissa Dennis. She's been on once before, and we spoke about how to hire the right people in your clinic, how to retain them, how to optimize their performance, and little tips and tricks that have worked for me over the years and some of the things that I screwed up. So it was a great chat, goes for about 24 minutes. So do one of those videos every week and you're doing heaps of injectable stuff. What have you been doing? Uh, Today's video in the Patreon was all about lip filler migration and dissolving. There you go. So if that interests you, check out our Patreon. How do they find it? Uh, They go to insideaesthetics.com forward slash Patreon. There you go. There we go. Now that's all of our commercials out the way. (laughs) Who do we have today? So we've got actually three guests. Um, So a little bit more busy for us today. Um, thank you for Luminous for sponsoring this episode. And we have, uh, well, we've got Ashley Middleton, who is the National Sales Manager for Australia and New Zealand for Luminous. We've got Jess Sluger, who is the National Clinical Trainer for Luminous. And we've got our friend, Dr. Saras, who is a cosmetic physician based in Double Bay. I, I drove past your clinic today, Saras. You're on New South Head Road. On yeah. New South yeah. Road. I gave you a little wave and thought, oh, I'll be seeing her later. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to talk about TriLift, TriLift technology. Yeah, so it's something that I haven't used yet. I have certainly seen it and it seems very interesting. But why don't we start with Ash, who um, is the national sales manager. Just tell us who Luminous are, Ash, and you know what, what you guys do, what's your portfolio of products, and then we can obviously get into the, the device of the day. No worries. So um, Luminous have developed and manufactured light-based and RF technologies for over 50 years. Um, We were actually the inventors of IPL and the inventors of CO2 for skin rejuvenation and skin resurfacing. Um, Our most popular devices that you may have heard about are the Stella M22, which is our IPL uh, multi-platform system. We have the Splendor X, which is a hair removal laser, um, our Ultra Pulse Alpha, which is in most burns units across the country. Um, and of course, um, we've delved recently into radio frequency technology, which is um, what brings us here today to talk about TriLift. Fantastic. And Jess, do you want to introduce yourself and, and what do you do with the company? Yeah, so I'm one of our clinical trainers. So I'm based in New South Wales, but I do you know, go into other states from time to time. And I used to look after New Zealand as well. Um, and essentially, my role um, is really focused on training you know, new businesses or existing customers on their luminous devices. So this is across all of our platforms. Um, you know, lots of IPL, lots of CO2, lots of tri-lift training. So, yeah, just going in and, and helping the business owners um, obviously use the device in the best capacity, but also chat to their staff about how they're, you know, having discussions about their new devices with their patients and, and customers as well. So, yeah, very involved on that side. 
Right. So Jess, I'm going to throw one back to you again before we cross to, to Saras or Dr. Saras in relation to the trial of technology itself. So it's, it's a fairly new technology, been around for about a year or so, and I guess it's the latest and greatest in terms of facial treatments, and it works by stimulating the muscles. So could you just tell us a little bit about the technology and the thought process behind it and, and what we're trying to achieve? Yeah, so TriLift essentially combines three modalities together. So we've got DMST or dynamic muscle stimulation, which is um, essentially aiming to target the muscle layer of the face, so particularly in the mid-face where we kind of... Um, not avoid, but, you know, forget about that that structure in the face. So really important for us to be able to target something new. Um, obviously, we still incorporate radio frequency in this device as well for skin tightening benefits. And then we also have the ability to use radio frequency assisted microneedling. And that's kind of like the little icing on the cake of the treatment. So it means that we can get, you know, muscle toning, skin tightening and resurfacing or rejuvenation benefits from the device. Right. And I don't want to mention any other brands or products in this podcast for mm -hmm. obvious reasons, but in terms of how the TriLift technology, your devices differ from what else is out there in the marketplace. Yeah. Look, I think the biggest thing for us is that it is a dynamic style device. So it's an in-motion protocol. We've got a lot of customization that we can really focus on with this device. So, you know, I'm sure that over the years, there'll be plenty more devices in this category. Everyone kind of, you know, jumps on the bandwagon. But for us, it's important that it's not just one size fits all approach. We can really tailor this to the, the needs of the client or the, the patient on the bed. Yeah. Brilliant. Now, before we get into too much detail, let's introduce our third guest, our friend, Dr. Saras. So, Saras, tell us about you, your clinic, your background, and, and I guess how did you start working with Luminous? Okay. Um, thank you for having us on your podcast. I've never done a podcast before, so it's very exciting. <laughs> um, uh, I am Dr. Saras Sundram, and um, I've been a cosmetic physician here in Sydney for probably more than 25 years, getting on to 30 years. Um, I have three Dr. Saras and Co. clinics here in Sydney, and um, I probably started off, as most cosmetic physicians did, um, with injectables, first with dermal fillers and then toxin. But I was a little bit unusual because I actually got attracted to cosmetic medicine because of lasers. And it was about that time that lasers and dermatology were beginning to appear. So I invested in technology quite early in my career. Um, and this has uh, snowballed into me buying a lot of devices and investing in technology. Um, the other unusual thing about me was that about 10 years ago, I realized that um, the aesthetic world had to encompass body treatments. I knew that body treatments were going to become huge and that our patients were willing to pay for them and wanted them. So again, I invested in a lot of devices and technology that treated the body. Um, so I gained a bit of a reputation for being an early adopter of tech devices and technology. And um, I think that's how I've actually come to being interested to find out about TriLift and buying one. Yeah. Um, and that's what's brought me to Luminous. Yeah. Question that wasn't planned, but this is how I, how I roll. Uh, so we'll just go with it. You're an early adopter of technologies. We've got a, a highly competitive landscape when it comes to different treatments and, and different devices and companies. So how did you make the decision to partner with Luminous and, and how do you select your devices as someone that's, you know, big in this field? I think listeners sure. would be interested to know how, how you sort of work sure, this all out. Sure. Um, so there's two parts to that. One, you want to partner with a reputable company. 
And as Ashley has mentioned, Luminous has been in the aesthetic medical device space for 50 years. I've had contact with them 20 years ago. So, you know, I, I knew them. I trusted them. They um, were particularly good on facial treatments. So they really concentrated on that. Um, so um, the other thing was that as I've grown older, I've become a little bit wiser in uh, buying technology. Both of you, Jake and David, you know that as you buy and invest in things, you do make some mistakes. But as you grow older, you, you're a little bit more savvy. And so I did start doing some research, even in 2022. Um, I knew there was going to be devices that used electrical stimulation of muscles on the face. You know, we were doing it on the body. I knew the research was there for the face. So I, was, I put it out there. I wanted to know what was happening with the face. And I was lucky that um, Luminous approached me to have a look at their device, TriLift. And they, I was also lucky because they allowed me to have it in clinic. I was able to do treatments on myself and on my patients. I knew it worked. Um, I loved the results. And I bought one. It was simple as that. So I was lucky in this case that I actually got to trial it before I bought it. Yeah. That's interesting what you're saying about body treatments as well, because it's, it's obvious when you think about it, but five, 10 years ago, it was face, 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 face. You'd see these beautifully manicured canvases on people's skulls, but you'd see the neck, you know, all yeah. the sort of areas where you'd start to get clues about yeah. someone's aging process and the age just were completely forgotten. So I'm, I'm glad we finally arrived, arrived at the era of treating the body because it's, it's been needed. So um, yeah, I, I love this stuff. No, 100%. And I thought I would flag before we get into the meat of the topic, it's something that um, we were talking about with our patrons. It's the issue of sponsorship and yeah. sponsored podcasts, because we're obviously very thankful for Luminous for, for partnering with us. And we wanted to take, I, well, I wanted to say that we get still get free reign to plan the questions. Obviously, we work with our partner and there's some commercial messaging, but it's important to say that we also are able to ask the questions that we want. Yeah. And so if there's anyone thinking, oh, this is a bit biased, it's really not. We, we've worked with Luminous, yeah. we've worked with many other companies, yeah. and it obviously allows the podcast to survive. You know, yeah. we, we, we can't do this free forever. So thank <laughs> you to our partners. Yeah. yeah. And, and also to say, we get approached by companies all the time. So, you know, for us, when we put out this type of content, the, over, the overriding rule is that it's going to be interesting and informative and yeah. then if it passes that test then we'll consider going down the sponsorship route so it's not just <laughs> yeah we get a lot of interesting yeah. things that we just say nope yeah so thank you again luminous right so let's get into the topic of the day and jess is sort of give us a high level sort of uh, explanation of the three modalities, but maybe we'll go to Dr. Saras and just go into it in a bit more detail. So you, you mentioned we're going to work on the muscle layer and, mm. you know, traditionally we've sort of frozen that with toxin, at least in the upper face and maybe a bit of off label in the lower face. So what, what is this machine doing to the muscles and, and which muscles are you treating? Okay. Okay. Um, Jake, you would probably um, confirm this as an injector. This is something I've been worried about for a few years now. You know, we have patients who regularly come back every four or six months or 12 months. We inject some more toxin. We inject some more filler. And I was beginning to see, mainly women, their faces were getting deformed. There was a limit to how much filler and how much toxin you could put into these faces before they became, they actually became all similar but mm. deformed. They were not their faces. And I, as an aging female, was getting a little bit worried. There had to be something else. And that's where TriLift, I think, has 
fitted in so well into my practice because it is a non-invasive way of giving us a little bit of our youthful faces back without over-freezing, without over-filling. What it's doing by stimulating muscles is trying to get them back to their youthful position. And by doing that, it's sort of lifting. It's lifting and contouring and giving us that frontal projection that we had when we were younger. Now, the amazing thing about this is, you know, when we fill faces and we think we're pretty good injectors, but you just don't get it right all the time. The, the, the face just doesn't look harmonious. There's something, you could spot a face that's been filled. Hmm. Now, with the trilift devices, because you're working with the patient's muscles, you, you get it right each and every time. You can't create somebody else's face. It is that person's muscle. You can't contour it or raise it more than it, it can do. Yeah. And so I was seeing results on my patients, beautiful faces in harmony. The facial parameters were still kept. Um, and so, you know, the nasolabial folds were decreasing in volume. The, the jawline looked better. Um, I love the result on myself, and therefore it was easy for me to sell to my patients. It was a nicer result. Yeah. So which muscles are you treating and, and okay. how, how does the machine okay. actually do that? So the machine, the basic way it treats is to stimulate the muscles, the skeletal muscles of the mid face. These are mimetic muscles. As we age, what happens to these muscles is they elongate, they lengthen. And so your face begins to droop. You lose the volume in the muscle. You lose the tone. And then these muscles through the smabs and through their connections to the skin bring the skin and the fat pads down as well. You get that jowling happening. You get that indefined jawline. You get deeper nasolabial folds. You get your tear troughs. So this machine, by stimulating mainly three muscles, the zygomatic major, the zygomatic minor, and the resorius muscles of the mid-face elevates. Mm -hmm. And that is what's giving us that lovely lifted um, result in a non-invasive way. Yeah. It's kind of the holy grail, isn't it? This lifting, this lifting concept, because we hear about concept of fillers causing a lift and everyone sort of talks about lift. And I know you've got some thoughts on it, but I mean, what, I mean what's your initial thought on that, Jake, in terms of like the, the capacity to lift? Because it's what we all want, right? Because everyone yeah. wants to avoid the facelift if possible. I think it's probably inevitable in, e- in everyone's journey at some point if they want to maintain a certain aesthetic. But yeah. keen to hear what your thoughts are. As well, a, we've yeah. kind of, well, I say ignored it. We haven't had a tool to touch it yet. Um, Yes, we sort of work on the muscles of the upper face or we work on the depressors of the upper face to open the eyes, but we haven't had something, you know, in the mid face and lower face, like Dr. Sarah said, to sort of support that sag. Now, of course, you know, with facial aging, I'm not going to sit here and tell all of our listeners about facial aging. We've done it a hundred times, but there's bone, there's fat and, and there's the ligaments and then there's the muscle. And we've sort of haven't really yeah. had a tool for the muscle. So yeah, it makes sense. And and those three muscles that you mentioned, they're sort of like a lateral pulley system. So exactly, if you, if, exactly. you know, you notice in older people when they smile, their smile isn't as broad. And, and I'm assuming part of that is the muscle. I, I, yeah. I can't prove that, but that must be partly to do with it. So, so do, do we think, and this is a question for Sarah and, and you, uh, Jake, you know, is it, is there potential that these toxin treatments are long-term and sort of, you know, Sarah sort of, alluded to this at the beginning of the chat that 
maybe these toxin treatments are actually leading to the issues that we're trying to resolve now with things like Trilift. I mean, I know it's a controversial question. I don't think it's controversial. <laughs> yeah. I'll flick it to Dr. Saras first. I'm here, keen to hear what you say and then I'll add to it if, if, if I've got anything else to say. Look, I think all of us in our practices, especially for the, the top part of our faces, toxin, we have to be a little bit cautious. You know, I have nightmares sometimes about, you know, the women that I'm treating now, you know, in their 30s and 40s. Are they, when they're 60 and 70, going to have enough of a frontalis to lift their brows, okay? So we do have to be a little bit careful with these invasive treatments. Um, but And that's why I love the trilith because we're not actually, when we get to the upper third of our face, we're not, we're laterally simulating muscles, but we're not actually attacking the frontalis. And I like that approach to the frontalis and to the lines on your forehead. Um, we are using a bit of radio frequency, which will help soften and thicken that dermis in that area. Um, so I think you know, Luminous has put a lot of thought into this um, machine. They've combined three technologies mm. to treat different areas of your face. And um, I'm a bit of a control freak. Mm. Um, I like to tailor and control what I'm doing on my patients. And with the three technologies, and as um, Jess alluded to earlier, I can tailor make my treatment depending on what I want to do for each of these patients. I have an applicator in my hand. I can move it further if I have a bigger, fatter face. I can move it lower if I've got a sagging face. I can take it if, if it's the upper face that's the problem. I can spend more time there with the radio frequency. I love that control. And remember, with this device, you know, you're asking, there are other devices out there. There are no consumables. Uh, uh, David, as yes. a person who's managed aesthetic clinics, that <laughs> is that is wonderful. That you know, that's the that's the spot. Yeah. Um, so when there's no consumables, I can do different things. I can spend yeah. a bit of time on the neck with radio frequency um, because I'm not using up anything. Yeah. Um, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Consumables is like the the hidden sort of T's and C's that you sort of find out later after you've, you know, gone down the path of, you know, going through the whole sales process. And it's like, oh, you know, each, every five treatments, you need to buy another head. Yeah. (laughs) That'll be two grand. Thank you very, thank you very much. So yeah. Yeah. No consumables is definitely a win in my, in my book. Yeah. Um, just to, I I guess, to add my own thoughts about that. Um, sure. With toxins, we know that over, you know, a longer time, the muscle atrophies and especially in frontalis, like Dr. Saras said, you, you want some strength there to lift. Um, classic example, I had a patient yesterday, first time patient, lots of lines from brow all the way to her hairline. Most of them were just above her brow rather than the upper forehead, thin skin, Caucasian, sun damaged, crepey skin. And her goal is just get rid of the lines. And I said, look, your frontalis, your muscle here is your life support system for your eyebrows. If I knock it out with toxin, you're going to hate me. Mm. Yes, the lines will go, but you'll hate me. So that's the area that I'm actually going to skip and do everything in my power to open your eyes. Maybe you'll get more lines, but you'll look better. So, you know, sometimes toxins are not the right tool. You, you attack it with trilift and you need to put a bit of radio frequency up there. Well, there we go. Soften those lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get on to the, the next modality. That's, that's a good segue. So tell us about radio frequency. Like, first of all, what it is for people who've never used a radio frequency device. And maybe we'll go to Jess for this one, a bit more techie, a bit more clinical. <laughs> so radio frequency is essentially a heat-based style of treatment. And this is traditionally used to, you know, stimulate collagen and elastin production and assist with giving a little bit of a skin tightening benefit. 
But with TriLift, the, the really fun thing is that we can use this with our dynamic muscle stimulation or completely separately. Mm. So, you know, kind of talking about other devices on the market, it, it can be a little bit difficult if you can't separate those two modalities or if they can't be used elsewhere on the body because it means that all of your revenue only comes from one place, the face. So with TriLift, we like to use them together, especially on the mid-face. So we're doing muscle stimulation, skin tightening at the same time on areas maybe like the frontalis where you don't want to be stimulating that muscle necessarily. You can turn off the, mu the muscle stimulation and just use RF to provide skin tightening benefits, but then we can come down to the neck. You know, we don't really want to be stimulating the platysma, but maybe you want some skin tightening there mm. or on other body areas. We can use those hand pieces to provide that there as well. So what does it feel like? Like, is it, and what does very the head look like? Very comfortable. Yeah. I'm, I'm a chicken. I, 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 <laughs> I have to have numbing cream for my tox injections. Oh, um, come on. So, <laughs> and I, I'm Cyrus. That's because you, you haven't been treated by Dr. Jake, yeah, obviously. Yeah, come and see me. <laughs> <laughs> so very comfortable. Don't you think, Jess? Um, and, well, and tell them about the in motion yeah. aspect of it as well. That's, yeah, that's, that's important. Well, with Cyrus as well, I have personally treated her and she has pre-warned me that she's a chicken and she was chicken. fine. Horrible. Maybe it's Horrible. my gentle hands. <laughs> this was wonderful. <laughs> and the machine. And the machine. <laughs> but muscle stimulation on the face does feel a little bit strange at first because it's the first time that this has really been introduced into the industry. So we can't really liken it to a laser or just RF alone. It does feel like strong contractions on the face. Most people say that around halfway through you know, the first side of the cheek, they really start to, I guess, relax into it and they kind of enjoy it. Mm. And then the next time you want to have like a stronger contraction, which is quite common. Uh, but the radio frequency portion, as you know, that just feels like um, an intense heat, but a very tolerable and comfortable heat. So it is a strange feeling treatment at first, but it is very comfortable. Right. So you don't apply a pad or, or anything. You, you're actually using no. something manually. Correct. Yeah. So back to that in motion protocol that Cyrus mentioned, we're physically moving a handpiece across the skin. So this gives us the option to, you know, segregate mu muscles and maybe focus on particular muscles that you want to have more contractions within. Mm -hmm. um, but generally when we're treating the mid face, we are, you know, moving across that whole area. And it means that we don't get that jarring sensation of everything contracting at once. Mm. It's kind of going, you know, pinging across the face and um, you feel contractions everywhere, but it's not all happening at the same time. So it doesn't feel like it's making you jump off the bed. Okay, interesting. So presumably, Saras, you, you know, you've done some treatments, but maybe you delegate in your clinic. So how, how do your therapists or your team know where these muscles are? Is there special training or do you just sort of have to look for I the sweet Jess, spot? Jess is the national trainer. And <laughs> I think my two therapists, basically in total, that the number of hours was like 10 hours. Right. They were they were doing it, um, and because it is, you know, the, we're not talking about every muscle muscle in the face. It was these three main muscles, yes. um, and then you want to avoid some muscles as well. Yeah, um, it's pretty it's pretty simple. It is pretty easy, and once and because you're doing it in motion, you can actually see which muscles you're stimulating. Yeah, it's so kind of it, live it is as you practice. Yeah, and I think the important thing about the RF in my research, why I chose the TriLift device rather than other devices, is my understanding of RF is the, the therapeutic quality of radiofrequency is you are heating up the dermis and you get the therapeutic result of thickening the dermis by taking the dermis to 39 degrees to 40 degrees temperature, okay? Now, if you have a static pad 
and you are applying radio frequency, you cannot keep that constant. You have to have it turning off, turning off, turning on, turning off. Now, are you actually going to get to that therapeutic level? I don't know. Now, with my TriLift device, I know I have reached that therapeutic level. There's a thermometer on the handpiece that I can look at as I'm doing the treatment. Mm. I know I'm reaching that 39 degrees to 40 degrees. I know I'm being effective. So TriLift, I mean, Luminous has thought about a lot of things in their development of the TriLift device. Right. And then we've got the third modality, which is the microneedling, which I guess is dealing with like your textural issues, potentially pigmentation as well. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Jess? We'll get to yeah. you soon, Ashley. I've got all the business questions for you, so don't, don't fall asleep. <laughs> I'm coming to you. <laughs> yeah, so the RF needling, it's as I said before, it's kind of like the icing on the cake. Yeah. So it's not used at every treatment. So generally speaking, we would perform treatments once a week. Um, some practitioners do leave a little bit longer. We would generally suggest to do the RF needling at every second session. Um, RF needling traditionally is quite an uncomfortable treatment, but with TriLift, it's, and I love it. I do it all the time, but it is a really comfortable form of RF needling, mostly because we use non-insulated needles. So they're kind of warm from base all the way to the tip. So they're kind of sliding into the skin really easily. They're very thin. So 0.15 mil wide, pretty much the width of a, a hair. Um, and those needles are quite short. When you've got non-insulated needles, your RF energy can penetrate much wider and deeper into the skin. So your needles don't necessarily need to be thicker or longer. So it just makes it a much more comfortable experience, but also a little bit more profitable in the business as well, because you're not doing half of your treatment, sitting your client up, popping numbing cream on them, sitting them in a room for half an hour, and then coming back and doing a needling treatment. So mm. we generally use it for patients who do need that little bit of resurfacing. So fine lines, wrinkles, pores, scarring um, on top of their full trilift treatment. But then again, this can be completely separate. You could have a, a patient who comes in just with some scarring concerns. They don't want to have a laser. They might just have the RF needling portion of the device. So it's it's handy to be able to separate them like that. Right. Yeah. I was just, just going to ask, sorry, Jay, um, that skin needling tip, mm -hmm. do you sterilize that because there's no consumables? Yeah. So are you just yeah. putting that in yeah. autoclave or how, how are you dealing there with is. that? So when we say no consumables, we predominantly talk about the muscle stimulation right, portion. Sorry. Because, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. That, that is obviously the hero side of the device. Right. Um, but we do have consumables for needles because right. they don't pass around. Yeah, um, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we do have a few arrays of needles. So we've got different, um, I guess, numbers of needles and mm -hmm. then lengths of needles depending on the concern. So it can really be tailored quite a, a bit to the, the patient. I mean, I think the important thing with the radio frequency microneedling is you don't have to numb. It mm. really doesn't hurt. Um, and by doing it, remember that these are three technologies in the same machine. I love a bargain. So <laughs> I don't have to buy another device for the microneedling. I've got it there in my TriLift device. I don't have to use it, but I can. Um, so, you know, David, the other thing about um, owning uh, clinics is we all tend to buy too many machines. Oh, yeah. We don't have enough room. So if I can buy the one device, and it's quite a slim, slender device, and it gives me three technologies, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. So how many machines have you gotten rid of since you got the tri-lift? <laughs> I, I tend not to get rid oh. of devices. That's my problem. There's They're a little, little graveyard baby. in the back of the clinic with all these <laughs> sad machines. There is a little bit of a graveyard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, now, uh, we, now the tri-lift, we might need to get another one, actually. It's very popular. My wow. problem is that 
my therapists are so busy treating our patients, they haven't given me my six-month follow-up treatment yet. So <laughs> there you um, go. They say, I'm a the, little annoyed. Talk about the cobbler's shoe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, how long does the treatment time actually take? I know we've got some variables here because you might be doing one or two or all three of the modalities, but in terms of like treatment time, what are we roughly looking at? I mean, I guess we can, maybe Jess, and maybe Jess first, then we'll cross hmm. to Saras, yeah. Yeah, look, if you're doing all three, so muscle stimulation, yeah. radiofrequency, and the needling, we generally say to allow for an hour, but treatment time is far less. That would yep. be probably doing a little bit of a pre-treatment consult. Obviously, at the end, you're applying aftercare and talking through post-treatment advice. So all up shouldn't take more than an hour. Um, generally speaking, we would perform lift mode, so muscle stimulation and RF on the cheeks for eight minutes per side, and then we perform RF just on the forehead or upper face and around the eyes for six minutes per side. RF needling at the end takes five to ten minutes, depending on who's performing it. It is very quick. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, when we were researching this device, I, I imagined it was mainly for the, the muscle stimulation and, you know, learning mm. about the other technologies. Mm. It does, like Sarah said, it seems like a bit of a bargain, really. It's, it's sort mm. of multimodal. You don't have to do the lifting. You can do the resurfacing or, yep. or whatever, because there's a number of competitors on the market. You know, we've spoken about needling on a recent webinar. So how does the needling component sort of um i guess as a solo treatment compare to you know other sort of competitors i don't know if you can answer that but what what would you say for me personally yeah sorry jess yeah <laughs> look it, it depends on who it's being compared to um we don't compare it to devices that have very deep penetration levels it's we're not trying to to compete with that our rf needling is Essentially, the main component is that it needs to be comfortable but yeah. effective. Hmm. So for us, you know, our needles are, are quite short. They're 0.6 to 1 mil. We do have one that's 0.2 mil for, you know, um, quite high ablation levels if someone wants quite significant resurfacing. But we aren't trying to uh, compete with those deeper penetrating RF needling devices they have their place, but it's probably not for everyone's face. Um, whereas if you've got, you know, a little bit more of, I don't want to say a conservative approach to needling, but if you've got a little bit more of a, an appropriate approach to needling, that can be used on a far greater amount of, of patients. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Now, I just want to go back to, um, I guess, each modality in turn and sort of think about what, what a patient's going to get from it or what are they going to experience? So, Sarah, so have you got a patient on the you know, on, on your room and they're looking for sort of that facelift kind of result, non-surgical sort of tightening of the face. How many sessions do they need and, and what are they going to experience sort of after session one, two, three, and however many they need? Okay. Um, so generally we are talking about four sessions. Um, when we started off, we were really doing it once a week, but we've now spread it out a little bit. I've spoken to some of our colleagues in the States. Remember that Trilift actually launched in the States in March 2022. Right. So of all the devices that are out there, we have the most um, history and uh, um, experience with this device. And so talking to the, 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 tech, the physicians from and the surgeons from the States, um, they were saying that you can actually spread it out a little bit. You don't have to do it once a week. You can do it like once a two weeks or once in three weeks. They were still getting the longevity of the results at six months. Yeah. Okay. So four treatments, if the lady, if the patient's a little bit older, six treatments possibly. Um, as Jess was saying, you may or may not do the microneedling, radiofrequency microneedling, but we do it every second time. 
Um, and so what, how I convince my patients to have it is it's non-invasive. You actually come in, have the treatment, you sit up, the therapist shows you in the mirror, and you can already begin to see the results. Much easier to sell a treatment if the patient can see results before they go home. Yeah. Now, partly, this is the radio frequency working straight away, um, but that the, the lift from the muscle stimulation kicks in a little bit later, but that always sells it to them. They, by the time they walk to reception, the receptionist looks at them and goes, I can see it. They look in the mirror and they go, I can see it. They, they immediately book in for another treatment. So it's an easy, it's an easy sell. Okay, fair enough. And so which patients are after the third component, which is resurfacing? I think, Jess, you said fine lines, maybe textural issues, but, but not every patient is, is needing that. Is that correct? It mostly depends on their concerns. I guess if someone was more interested in the lift and the skin tightening benefits and maybe they're needle adverse or they just don't particularly like skin needling treatments, then, you know, they can admit that. Yeah. I generally say it's nice on most most patients because it's it's going to provide them with that little bit more smoothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, everyone wants pore and fine line reduction. So I just think it's the icing on the cake and everyone should have it. But, um, you know, there, there would be a small pool of clients who select not to have it. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, because all that is part of the aging process. The mm. Americans love to include um, the microneedling. Um, Dr. Elaine Kung, who's a, a, a uh, New York dermatologist, insists on the microneedling. And I think there's something to about doing the microneedling after you've already heated the face up. It Mm. tends to work better. So it's better doing it on the same day when you've done the dynamic muscle stimulation and the radiofrequency rather than just doing the microneedling by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any contraindications? I mean, Jess, I know you're talking about certain patients. Are we sort of saying that maybe darker skin types might have some issues with the the microneedling itself Mm. or just generally let's talk about potential candidates that aren't suitable or certain treatments that aren't suitable for certain people? Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. So traditionally, RF needling can be a little bit difficult with darker skin patients, um, just for the risks of obviously pigment changes. But Mm. what we found with our needling tips is that because they're so thin and so short, the risk is far, far less. So we actually don't have you know, patients that we would avoid in terms of different Fitzpatrick skin types. Um, As long as they're treated appropriately and at appropriate energy levels, then, you know, treatments can be relatively safe on them. Uh, But every device does have contraindications. So the typical ones with muscle stimulation or RF style devices would be pacemakers, um, any uh, medication pumps, metal implants, you know, in or around the treatment site, pregnancy, breastfeeding, recent Rakutane use, um, you know, any medications that might make someone photosensitive could be a, a small concern. But apart from that, you know, the the contraindication list is relatively low, uh, but every device obviously has a list. <laughs> I'm going to spin the question the other round for Dr. Sarah. So who, who's the best candidate? Like, who are you seeing in your clinic? Who's your average patient? And who do you think's the best bang for buck if they were going to spend on this device? Okay, well, um, the great thing about this device, any person can have this treatment, male, female, young, old, people who've already invested in injectables, people who don't want to have injectables, people who've already had surgery but want something to maintain those results can still have tri-lift. People who don't want to have surgery, they want to try to get as much lift as possible without going into surgery or invasive thread lifts. 
they can have the device. So um, we've we've had male patients. They love it because they love the idea of um, no downtime, not painful. It isn't actually an injectable. Um, so men, women, we've got younger patients who I didn't even talk to about it, um, and they found out about it because of our social media posts or something, and they come in in their 30s and they want to have the trial of treatment. And I go, why? <laughs> and they go, we want to maintain what we've got now. Yeah. So um, it, it really fits everybody. I think that's why um, I believe, I, can I say this, that I think Trilift is, is a bit of a unicorn mm. because in aesthetic clinics, it, you know, in our business, um, something like Trilift only comes around every now and then. And when it does come around, you will find in a few years that every aesthetic clinic has to have one of these. It's going to be part of the routine. It's just like talks and fillers. It's just another tool that we've got as physicians, not as surgeons, yeah. that we could offer to our patients. So for those younger patients, it's a little bit like um, you know, bioremodeling treatments. Yes, you can do a 30-year-old, but are they going to see too much? No, probably not. But like you say, they're going to bank their No, collagen. they see more. They yes. see more. I, I understand. As an injector, Jake, I I, re, I know what you mean by the biomodulator yeah. treatments. Um, they're not going to see much, are they? It's, yes. it's an insurance policy. Yeah, exactly. But, but with the with TriLift, it's this sexy lift. <laughs> it really looks like they've come in and had some cheap filler, um, but they haven't. You know, if they had a little bit of a nasolabial forming, it's lifted. So with my younger patients, once they've had the treatment, they will be coming back. You can see more. Interesting. I think you, I think it sounds like you quite like the device, Dr. Saris. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's the way I'm going to get older. I'm going to get older using this machine. So, yeah. Um, so, Jess, how does, how does the, the tri-lift technology, I guess, mainly differ from the other devices. And we sort of covered this a little bit at the beginning, but I mean, everyone's talking about the fact they've got clinically proven results and their treatments work. What is it that is inherently different about the way this technology works and how does it separate itself from, from the competitive landscape? Yeah. Look, I think, again, the biggest thing is just going to be the customization because yeah. that is what separates it from, you know, anything on the market that right. would be similar. Um, and I think, a lot of the time these days, patients are much more educated. They don't want to come in and have, you know, the same treatment as, as everyone else. They want to make sure that their practitioner understands their concerns, their facial anatomy and what they want to achieve. So, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things that sets it apart is that we can turn off certain parts of the device, use certain parts of it more or less on, on certain patients and focus on areas that they're more concerned with. Um, and that's what would be, you know, its, it's biggest win in this market. Yeah. When I was first thinking about this podcast, I thought that, you know, having to have a therapist manually do the treatment was a negative, mm -hmm. but it actually sounds like it's a, a real it's positive. A positive. Yeah. It's a positive. Because you can tailor because, the treatment. Well, let's look at it this way. You've got two patients. You've got this huge six foot five guy. He's got a face that's out here, right? <laughs> One little applicator, not to name our competitors, isn't going to cut the mustard. It isn't going to cover all his muscles. It, it will do something. Is it going to be the most effective device? Now, with my TriLift device, I can cover those muscles adequately. Yeah. And then you might have a very tiny 
slender female face with, you know, small areas, one size applicator is not going to do her justice. It's going to trigger different muscle groups that we don't want to go to. Mm. Okay. So it just makes sense. You need to have a therapist there to custom make it, to tailor make it. Nothing in our business is that easy. Yeah. You can't just put something on a person and go out of the room. It just doesn't work. If you want the best results, you've got to work for it. And, and, and you know, my therapists spend that 45 minutes in the room talking to them about skincare. I was going to say. They've sold them skincare. Yeah. <laughs> They've sold them, a, you know, the tox treatment. Yeah. You know, it leads to other things. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It's a customer service. It's about reinforcing other you know, things that they may be interested in, just supporting yeah. them, making them feel comfortable. Yeah. I do think too as well, it's, um, I know a lot of the time, you know, maybe Sarah's can't perform treatments herself if she's injecting and whatnot. And, you know, sometimes you do need to delegate treatments. And I feel like as therapists or dermal clinicians, they get excited about doing a treatment on an area of the face that they couldn't really focus on before. Mm. You know, it's all kind of laser and skin and, you might do a peel or a microdermabrasion, you can't get much deeper. So in clinics that have introduced TriLift where it's therapists or dermal clinicians performing the treatment, they're actually really excited because they're learning about the facial structure and facial anatomy and they're working on a layer of the face that they haven't been able to touch before. So they they do get excited to be able to use that kind of technology on their patients. And the doctor and the clinic owner is excited too because <laughs> we don't have to do the treatment. We're making money with our therapist in another room doing the treatment. Yeah. Um, so it's a win-win. So joking aside, um, this is a, a sort of a lifting, slightly volumizing treatment. Uh, I know it's not a facelift, but it, it's sort of aiming towards that look. But which of your patients do you say, I'm, I'm really sorry, you, you actually need a facelift. This is going to be too subtle for you. Do you have to have that conversation? Yeah, you do. You do. Um, and I think it's the aged, really older person who's got that saggy excess skin. Yeah, And it would be cruel to promise him or her a, a real benefit when you can't get rid of that skin. Yes. Um, you know, we can improve the quality of the skin a little bit, but we're not going to cut and, you know, stitch up. Yeah. Um, it's like when, Jake, when you're injecting filler. I mean, there's some people that you're just going to have to say, I'm sorry, we're yeah. going to refer you to a surgeon. So, you know, we have to be realistic and we have some, we owe that responsibility to, to our patients. So you can't treat everybody. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Jess, back to you. What, what does the patient journey look like? Um, do they have to do any prep? Um, mm. What sort of questions and what does a consultation look like maybe? And then, you know, I think Sarah said you need at least four treatments, sometimes mm. six, and you're there for about an hour. So like what happens in that consultation? Yeah, so obviously consultations are the time when the practitioner or the therapist is going to discuss the concerns that the patient has and see if it, they are a suitable candidate, obviously rule out contraindications, make sure that we can achieve what they want. Um, but if someone is deemed as a suitable candidate, then um, generally speaking, when they're going through the treatment, they, they don't really need too much prep prior. I would usually suggest that if it's the day where they're having the needling portion of the treatment, that they might avoid actives for maybe 24 hours um, but realistically, there's there's really not too much prep apart from, you know, avoiding sun as we all do, hopefully. <laughs> um, but during the treatment, they would receive a cleanse, make sure that there's no product on the skin prior to performing the RF and the uh, muscle stimulation portion of the treatment. The therapist or practitioner would apply glycerin or um, glycerol 
to the skin and that just provides a little bit of slip and protection. And then prior to the needling portion, that's obviously cleansed off and they're prepped appropriately for needling treatment. After a treatment, they would generally look uh, a little bit pink if they haven't had needling and that would usually subside in about 30 to 60 minutes. But if they have had the needling portion, we usually see that that redness staying closer to the 60-minute mark and they might be a little bit pink by the time they go to bed. Um, But the next day, they're looking quite plump. They'd have maybe minimal redness or or pink um, colouring in the skin. But we would generally still suggest that they avoid actives, so no scrubbing, no vitamin A, um, no vitamin C for the next three to five days, depending on their sensitivity levels. Generally speaking, if they have gone for the full treatment and they've had needling, they don't tend to have like shedding or flaking or anything too crazy, but they will feel a little dry or maybe sandpapery after about day two. And that's just a normal process after a needling treatment. Um, but generally speaking, if they're coming in every week or every two weeks, we would usually suggest that photos would be taken during those appointments just to track the, the patient's progress. Um, that would also allow you know the practitioner to decide if they do need more than the, the minimum of four treatments. But once that patient is happy with their results, we'd probably move on to maintenance. And that's where, depending on the age of the client, they might come in you know at three months or six months to have a little top up. We do have patients that come back sooner or have more than just one top up treatment, especially if they're having an event or they you know just want a little bit more of an exaggerated result. So it is patient dependent. But I would usually suggest no less than two maintenance treatments a year just to keep the results. And remember, the the maintenance treatment is not four treatments; mm. it's just the one treatment. Um, so because we started treating our patients in March this year. We were one of, we were the first clinic in Australia to, to, to get the trilift. We are now at that stage where they've completed their initial four treatments um, and people went away during the middle of the year. So they came and had the one treatment before they went on holidays. I've had patients who've come in and had that one treatment before their daughter's wedding the next week because there's no downtime. Mm. So, you know, we can actually... Even with fillers, Jake, you and I would be scared to treat somebody, you know, a week before their filler, uh, before their wedding. But with Trilift, I can. Yeah. We yeah. can treat her the day before. Oh, sorry, I was going to sort of add to that. So has has this cannibalized or substituted anything that you were doing previously with injectables? Um, it probably has um, taken, you know, cheek fillers probably are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. But my patients are still having their lips done. They're having the temples done, um, you know, lip lines, you know, jawline if they felt like it. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the other exciting thing about this is we're only at the very beginning. This technology, we're going to, you know, already talking to my um, American colleagues, everybody's trying new things. I mean, Jess introduced us to a new, is it still off-label? We're actually treating their orbicularis oris muscle mm. and um, oculi muscle. And um, we are seeing um, how that muscle is lifting up, taking the fat pad that was protruding up. We're getting yeah. better looking tear troughs. Yeah. And it's four minutes on one side, four minutes on this side. Yeah. What about sort of people that are undergoing like lip lift treatments for that fulcrum that's kind of lengthened over time, particularly in the female face? Have you tackled that area yet or is that? We don't go there. We don't don't go go there there. with the trilift. No, not yet. Mm. Um, We've got to be careful. Yeah, I I would imagine this. I've never used a trilift, but you you would get maybe more uh, perioral lines, right? Because you're just tight or or toning that muscle. Interesting. 
But then if you use the RF, maybe that would help the skin. Who knows? Yeah, you could certainly do RF there. You could certainly do RF there. Mm. Um, You can't volumize a lip with this device. So you're still going to be using lip fillers. Um, I'm still going to be doing lip lines. Yeah. Um, So So I meant meant people that get like surgery there to to lift to sort of shorten that fulcrum, which tends to lengthen over time. So I wasn't talking about like lip, yeah. How would that work? Well, is it a muscle that's sort of elongating and sort of weakening over time? Because I know it does tend to become an issue as as the aging process progresses. I don't think it's just the muscle, it's just no. the whole area. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's yeah. why I'm not that's why I'm not a doctor. You see. Yeah. And in fact No, that- <laughs> no, David, that was a very interesting point. I think I think we need some research on that area, actually. Um, no, I didn't even think of that. That's that's a very interesting area. Yeah. We can try it. We can try it. We'll, we'll, we'll throw yeah. you on the machine and see what happens. <laughs> We'll do it on David first. Sure. I've got, sh- got to shave my beard <laughs> the, off. The, the king of collagen. What are you trying to his... say about David's filter? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> He's got a good filter. Let's, let's, let's talk about C word, complications. Um, Jess, do you want to tell us about all the things that can go wrong because we wouldn't yeah. be doing our job properly if we didn't talk about complications? <laughs> I don't think it's all the things that could go wrong, but I, I say like even a brow wax has complications realistically. So every... Every treatment that's undertaken in a clinic space is always going to have a risk. Realistically, with muscle stimulation, that doesn't induce any heat. So say muscle stimulation is used alone, I guess the only risk would be that you could overuse the muscle and potentially cause a little bit of muscle soreness. We haven't seen that. Um, we don't use it in you know excess durations, but that could be a complication if someone was to treat outside of guidelines. Um, you know, radio frequency always has a small risk of, of hot spots, heat injuries, but again, when used within reason, very much um, reduced. And then RF needling, it it's not something that we generally see massive complications with. I think the only thing would be maybe extended redness or a little bit of edema possibly after the treatment, just depending on the response of the client. But that's fairly easily managed at a clinic level and um, not something that we generally need to step in with. So complication risks are, you know, quite low in comparison to other devices. Yeah. Um, back to Dr. Sarah. So a common question that injectors ask me, and I'm, I'm sure they ask you when you're training or teaching is, you know, we talk about collagen stimulation and, and skin quality treatments. So we've got a number of injectables that we might use for skin quality, but then we've obviously got RF, which is part of the tri-lift. So where, where do these two things fit or, or is one better than the other, or do you still do both? Like, and where you do, do you both. start? You do both. This, this is a result of both. Right. So I don't know whether we can mention the biomodular. Can we modeling yeah. agent? Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, profiler. Uh, this is this is my secret formula. Mm-hmm. There we go. I'm giving you my tips. <laughs> Toxin of the upper face of the lower face. Profiler, yes. Face and neck. Yes. And trilift. Boom. Okay, so no actual structural fillers for cheek or whatever else. I haven't had I haven't had any fillers for about three years. Okay. Um, I've just I've just for my face. Because I do have brown skin, um, the quality of the skin in terms of crepiness and wrinkling is a little bit better than Anglo-Saxon skin. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, I would be using filler for lift. Yes. Um, and I don't need to. Um, Profilo, the I'm using to tighten and firm my skin. Um, so. That's the way I'm going to age. Um, yeah. But ask me that question in another five years. I mean, might need some more filler. No, but, I, I think, uh, you know, David, you speak to a lot of people about, um, you know, their businesses and yeah. sales and whatever. But I, mm-hmm. I think the trend 
truly is people are using less structural HA yeah. or less volume. They're being a bit more strategic with it. They might be using devices like TriLift or yeah. Bari modelers for skin quality. But we're sort of managing different layers now rather than just the fat. Yeah. With filler. And it's like everything, you know, like when it's new, everyone's sort of very gung-ho about it, not really sure of limitations, things that can, you know, we talk about fillers, you know, the discussions around migration, longevity, you know, injectors, I, I think as a whole in an industry starting to move a little bit away from the over-exaggerated look mm. and looking for more, I guess, natural and in inverted commas type of treatment outcomes. So I think we're just maturing as an industry and learning as we go and sort of working out which tool is best for which, yes. which uh, I guess, indication. Um, but what I did want to ask about was what does the machine look like? How big is it? How many people does it take to move it around? Are we working? Are we talking three phase, just regular PowerPoint, Jess? Regular, regular Not PowerPoint. Re regular, nothing. Yeah, I remember back in the days with the, the clinics one I used to therapist, <laughs> One therapist wheels it from one room to another room. And it's Ashley so easy. And I, Ashley and I have pulled a tri-lift in and out of a box horizontally many times. Right. <laughs> a lot of events we we ship it all all over them because it's not a laser it's no. not a laser so you don't have to worry about movement um which makes it very easy yeah so it's a, a really slender black and rose gold really sexy device so mm. as sarah said really easy to move around from room to room um but yeah one or two people i would say to lift <laughs> right um studies yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, we we sort of skimmed over um, some of the sort of claims, I guess, about you know collagen stimulation, etc. So, are there clinical studies? Are they published in peer-reviewed journals? Uh, we can obviously provide those if if they are for our patrons. But yeah. um, I don't know who wants to take that question. Maybe Dr. Saras. Do Do you know if there's any? Well, there are there are some um, uh, um, publications. Um, I'm not sure whether they're peer-reviewed. I I'm skeptical about peer-reviewed. I mean, I remember reading something about um, the value of a peer-reviewed uh, article is... It's like toilet yeah, paper. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's you're, 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 you know, commenting on somebody else's article in the room, in the lab. I mean, you look, I think we want articles. We want people who've researched things and uh, we want them to be as independent as possible. Yeah. Um, but in the end, it's the number of people who have used it and the results you're getting, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the one that the article, there are several, but the article that I wanted to refer to was from um, Dr. Michael Mirmanesh, who's a plastic and reconstructive surgeon in the States. And he's used the TriLift device for almost two years um, mm. because he was connected with Luminous, um, connected with Luminous with their previous devices, um, the Polygen, um, Luminous Polygen company that um, had uh, another device which was similar, but much less power. Right. Um, and so his particular, and I think Tracy from Luminous has given you this article, um, looks at the results um, with a control study. Mm -hmm. And you can see the, you know, overwhelming results. I don't have the actual figures here right now, but uh, that was interesting. So yeah. it isn't just us thinking there's lift. I've, um, I've got know, some stats here. So I think going back to the radio frequency um, component, up to a 30% reduction in wrinkles. I'm, I wasn't sure where that was on the face, but that was one of the sort of stats. And up to a 50% increase in the dermal thickness compared to baseline levels, or I guess control mm -hmm. levels. So yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's variability and it's up to, but nevertheless, you know, that's quite impressive. It's business questions time, Ashley. Get Ashley, ready. Yeah. Get ready. Let's get, get ready. Involved. All right, let's go. So 
from a clinic owner's perspective, if I'm looking at a device or I was looking at a device, the first question I would ask is, how am I going to make money out of this thing and how am I going to stop it becoming an expensive paperweight or dust collecting piece of furniture in my office? So how do you work with potential clinic owners or doctors like Dr. Saros in terms of making sure this device is integrated into their clinics effectively, train the staff, marketing, and really making this an integral part of the actual practice so that it's, it's, it's utilized and the investment is actually, is actually paying itself off and then some. So if you can you talk to that a little bit, that would be great. Yeah, um, look, we've sold trilifts to a range of different clinics. So some of them, um, like Dr. Cyrus, are doctor-led businesses. Um, we've sold them to nurses. We've also sold them to um, beauty therapists and dermal therapists. So um, it's in a really wide range of different types of clinics. And I suppose um, when, you know, Jess and the other trainers are out training the clinics, that training will differ depending on who we are training. Um as a business, we definitely help out with things like launch events. So we had um, a lady in New South Wales who purchased one who was a nurse um, and did a launch event and she made $28,000 that night um, on prepaid packages. So we definitely help out with launch events. Um, I know the clinical trainers would be, you know, talking to the staff in the business because it is a delegate, uh, delegable treatment. Um, it's often the beauty therapists or the dermal clinicians that are performing the treatment. So I know the trainers would be chatting with them about, you know, how can we incorporate trilift into existing treatment packages? How would you talk about it with the patients? Um, also, given that it's a radio frequency and RF microneedling technology, of course, they can use RF microneedling on its own. Um, we have had clinics as well um, add RF to peels, microdermabrasions, facials, all those types of things. So aside from being a dynamic muscle stimulation technology, these other technologies are really easy to um, add into other treatments as well. Um, I guess, Saras, did you want to talk a little bit about how you launched it into your practice and I guess how you spoke, how your team spoke to the clients about it as well? Yeah, um, I don't want to brag or anything, but I will. Um, <laughs> I was one of the first people to have the treatment. And, you know, I did it once a week. Um, and it was early on in March, April. And trust me when I say this, every time I would see a patient, they would walk into the room and they'd go, what, what, what have you had done? Hmm. What have you had done? So my first tip is the, the clinic owner should have the treatment because it's so easy to sell because... People are looking at your face and they're only coming in every three or six months. So they're really looking. So they're very um, astute. Um, they they want to see the result. They mm. want to they want to see it in front of them, not necessarily with before and after photos. Um, so it was very easy to sell that way. Um, they know that I'm a chicken. Um, they know that I'm a little bit of a under-treater rather than an over-treater. Um, and so all of that went into um, selling them the packages. Um, it was great selling it to people who do not want to have any injectables. They don't want to have laser. They don't want to have anything. They're willing to have this treatment. So um, I think it's one of the easier things to, to, to recommend to our patients. Do you, did you have a launch party? Do you do EDMs? Nope. Do you do social nope. media campaigns? No, like I do social media because I was really excited about it. Um, but, uh, it, it really is, I mean, it's having that relationship with your patient, obviously, yeah. and, uh, spending the time telling them about the technology. So that initial consult is really important. 
um, telling them what it can do, what it can't do, how it fits in with the remain with their treatments that they're having right now. But everybody loves an exciting new technology. Yeah. And remember the price point. We haven't talked about no, this, but we'll the, get price to the price point yeah, is, yeah. is attractive. <laughs> tell is attractive. The, tell them the tell them the price. <laughs> um, well, I don't, I don't. I'm not really sure what other clinics are yeah. charging, but um, I charge 700 for each treatment. Um, so let's say they're having four treatments, it's 700. So Jake, it's comparable or even less than filler treatments. Yes. Um, even tox treatments. You know, it's in the same ballpark. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think that helps. You know, yeah. it's not. thread treatment that we're talking about. We're talking about a $700 treatment. So, and then initial, you know, thing, they're investing in four treatments, but maintenance is easy. Every four to six months, you're coming in and spending the $700. Now, from a clinic owner, for David, from your point of view, I am keeping most of that money as profit. Yeah, because no consumables, right? Other than for your microneedling. So, so you just, you yeah, know. you got your staff time and, and that's really about it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I wanted to ask Ashley, um, not really related to Trilift, but what, what mistakes do you notice as a company when people buy a device and for whatever reason they, they're not successful, they're not able to sell it? Like what, what things do you see and, and what advice could you give our listeners? Um, look, I'd probably say, um, especially with nurse, owned businesses you know nurses um, and I guess doctors as well are used to making money from a consumable product you know filler or you know tox or um, you know injecting um, and making their money that way Um, I've definitely had conversations with nurses that have owned their own clinic they've gone out on their own you know I don't I'm not a nurse so I don't know how much money you could essentially make in say a 30 minute time slot where so what happens is they are fully booked for a month, eight weeks, and they buy a technology, whether that's, you know, trial lift or an IPL or something else, but they don't actually have anyone to perform those treatments. Mm. So they don't want to give up a half an hour time slot where they can essentially see two patients in that half an hour yeah. um, to do a $500 IPL treatment. Um, you know, we we generally would say to them, you know, have you got someone that can operate this technology for you? Because if you're fully booked for the next eight weeks doing injectable patients um, who's going to be performing the treatment so that's probably the biggest thing that I've personally seen um, you know we have a marketing team and we also um, can assist the clinic so if they're struggling a little bit with promoting the technology and things like that we can definitely help there um, we do also have a back like sort of like a web website that our customers can log into called partner zone and that gives them access to educational material but also marketing material as well um, and we also encourage our customers, you know, if they see something on our Instagram or see something on our social pages, share it. Um, and just use like a repost app or something to do that. But um, our business development managers are, um, are the ones that generally help the clinics with that type of thing. Um, I know Jess and the clinical team, they're um, often going in and doing top-up refresher training and things like that. So if we, you know, if, if someone was to buy a trial lift or any of our other technologies and you know, three months later, they're kind of saying to their their BDM, look, we're not really using it a lot. We would definitely send trainers in to do retraining. We'd send the BDMs in to um, assist with, you know, the other things. And our, and our marketing team is also um, willing to go out and sort of see them and have a chat to them as well. But yeah, I'd probably say the biggest thing would be 
fully booked nurses and doctors taking on tech and then not having the people to actually or the time to actually perform the treatments would be the biggest thing. Yeah. If I could add to that, um, something that Jess um, stressed with us when we were training and is becoming much more important in our industry anyway, is clinics knowing how to do photography well. Mm. Um, and I think that's one thing that we did learn this year, especially with TriLift, you need to take photos and you need to take good photos um, because people want to see these results and you can show them very impressive results, but you've got to have the angle right. You've got to have all that right. So yeah. um, that's one of my tips for TriLift. Yeah. You've got to make sure you train the team yeah. Um, yeah. about photography. From your perspective, Jess, when you're training, you know, new people who've got the device, how long does it take till they're up and running and confident? And, mm -hmm. you know, do they, do they need any sort of further sort of touch points with you through the year or is it set and forget and, and they're away with it? Yeah, look, I wouldn't say set and forget. Even if we have, you know, therapists who are really confident and they kind of get it on the first day, I don't like not to go back and see a customer because you know what it's like if someone's trained on something and six months later you haven't really touched base with them, then a lot can change in that mm. time. So um, generally speaking, depending on the business, you know, they may take one, two days. It really does depend on how many staff they've got. Um, and we try and make sure each staff member feels really confident. If not, we can always come back in and do more training. But I, I do like to touch base and see, you know, do you have any further questions? Do you have any case studies you need help with? Is there someone, you know, who just needs a little bit of a technique refresher? Um, so it's hard to say exactly how long each person would take to train. It does depend on their, their mm. you know, level of education and their skill level with devices. But um, generally speaking, it's a very easily learned treatment. And, um, you, you know, we do keep touch points, you know, quite close with them throughout the year. Hmm. What about um, Ashley servicing, maintenance, warranties? How, how does that all work? Because that's something that was always an issue for me with my clinics and all the lasers <laughs> that we had was servicing them, things going wrong, trying to get a tech out. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, look, radio frequency devices are pretty low maintenance. So um, we don't really see a lot going go wrong or device breakdowns and things like that what, that you would have seen, David, in your clinic. Yeah. Um, we do give a warranty with our technologies and then post the warranty period, um, the customers are able to opt in to purchase service agreements, which you'd be very familiar with. Yep. Um, but yeah, with, with radio frequency in particular, we don't often um, see a lot going wrong with them. So um, if a therapist has maybe dropped a handpiece or something, you know, that's generally the extent of it. But um, yeah, they're pretty low, low maintenance. Fair enough. And how does it work? If someone's listening, thinking, right, I want one of these things. Do they have to buy it outright? Do they, I don't know, get financed through you or a third party? How, how does that side of it work? We have a few different options. So um, if anyone that is listening would like to have a chat, um, we've got some um, finance partners that we work with. Um, there's a few really good um, deals out there at the moment with Credible and Bank of Queensland and a few other um, finance companies, um, which give you some interest-free periods and no repayment periods. Um, but we can also um, have a chat to the customer about um, payment terms and things like that as well. Um, and they can just reach out to Luminous if they want to have a chat about, about those things. Yeah, fantastic. All that info is at the bottom of the podcast description. Do we want to say how much the machines are? I don't think we're allowed to say. Gosh, I want to know the answer to that question. I know. Well, I don't know if Ashley's brave enough to say. Um, but I, I, I mean, does it depend? I guess. I guess there's a lot of variables, right? Depending on like, is there options? I mean, is it like a car where you can get like all these, you know, 
extras that you want? How, how does it all work in terms of specking a machine and like, how does that dictate price, even if you're not allowed to say specifically? Does that kind of play a factor? So we, we have a lot of people say, oh, if I don't get the larger handpiece, will it be a little bit cheaper? But um, the device is standard, so it comes with all four handpieces. So there's a large, a medium, and a small applicator for RF and DMST. And then there's a microneedling handpiece, and it just comes standard like that. We can't take applicators off. Um, and if anyone would like to have a chat about the price of the device, you're very welcome to reach out to us. <laughs> well, I would just like to say that I think the pricing was very competitive. Yeah. Um, especially when you figure out what you're charging for each treatment. Um, and uh, compared to some of these other devices on the market right now, which I just get, I stagger when I when they tell me the price of it. I thought it was very competitive. Yeah. I mean, again, we don't know the price, so I don't know the price, but I do understand there's an end of year offer. So if you do reach out to infoau at luminous.com, which is down below, if you can't remember that, um, just reach out and give them your details and they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll fill you in. Yeah. I tried to get the price guys. I tried, but they're, they're too good. <laughs> they've, been, they've done this before. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess to summarize, um, it's a newish device, uh, three modalities. Dr. Saras loves it. Um, anything else to add from from your side, Dr. Saras? I mean, where do you, where do you see this going in the future? Do you think well, they'll as, add more as stuff? I, as I sort of alluded to, I think this is going to be a mainstay hmm. of our industry. I think uh, it's a great opportunity for physicians um, to be able to do something that we were never able to do before. We don't have to send people away to surgeons necessarily. Yeah. We don't have to do an invasive treatment like threads. So I love being able to do something that I've never d been able to do before. Um, it's easy. It's um, complicationless. Um, it's uh, a competitive pricing. Uh, it's delegatable. Uh, it's a win-win-win. Fantastic. So do you want to remind people how they get in touch again, the email address? Yeah, infoau at luminous.com. Yeah. But as I said, all that information is down below. You'd have to remember it. Yeah. Do you want to give me your mobile number, Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't think she wants 60,000 people <laughs> calling her. <laughs> but um, also, I just wanted to say, I am very enthusiastic about it if it doesn't come across. Yeah. And I'm very happy to – I've spoken to a few clinics now and, and talked to some of the therapists and stuff. I'm very happy for them to come and visit my clinic, see it in practice, speak to my therapist. So it's not a secretive sort of technique. I'm very happy to share our knowledge um, with whoever's interested. That's yeah. very kind. We, we've got Luminous's um, information below, but we'll put yours as well, Dr. Cyrus, and they can reach out on Instagram. Of course. Perfect. Well, thank you again, all of you. It's been a real pleasure to talk and learn about new yeah. technology. I'm excited. Maybe we'll come and visit you, Dr. Saras, so and you can yeah. make Please, us look a bit more glowy. You just yeah. down, us down the road, so we'll, we'll roll down the hill and say hi. Yeah. Well, we have to practice on your filtral area too. Filtral, exactly. So, yeah, um, yeah. I have to, have to shave off my I have massage. to write my you know, peer-reviewed article. You're on, interested so, in decolletage um, and knees I'm and elbows. I'm, I'm interested in everything. Yeah. Total body, total body. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, again, thank you to Luminous for supporting us. We really appreciate it. And um, we look forward to seeing you maybe at the next conference. Are, are you guys 
going to go to any of the international ones next year? Maybe Dr. Saras, you're going to go to Paris or Monaco or somewhere? I'm going to Paris, but I'm not probably not going to a conference. Um, but um, <laughs> Just but you know, Paris, is, Paris is difficult because the Olympics are on. Yeah. Yes. I'm not sure about the timing. So I, I wasn't, I didn't want to be there at the wrong time. Yeah. But yes, we are. I think I am speaking at a couple of the, the national conferences. Brilliant. Um, but you will hear about this at a lot of the international conferences for sure. Great. Well, we look to forward it. to seeing you all. And thank you again. Thanks, guys. Thank Lovely you. chatting. See thank you later. Thank you very much. For our latest news, follow us on Instagram at Inside Aesthetics Podcast. If you want to get in touch with myself or David, follow us on Instagram as well at Dr. Jake Sloan and David underscore Inside Aesthetics. Join our IA Patreon platform for invaluable business and injectable education. Get access to our global community of like-minded professionals, live and interactive Zoom sessions, hints and tip videos, webinars, and more. Head over to www.insideaesthetics.com forward slash Patreon for more information.